Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another YouTube player interview with the Transfer Portal CFB presented by No Context CFB. I'm your host, Dylan Rubenking. I am joined by Mr. No Context CFB himself, Liam. Liam, how are we doing today, sir? Doing very good, you know. Been sick all week, but feeling better today. I, I guess having a legend of college football on with us today helps with that. You you said the word sick, man. This is this is super sick. Uh, having Fresno State quarterback Jake Hayner joining us. Jake, how are we doing, man? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. I'm great and happy to be here. Just got done with some training over in, in Irvine. Getting some uncharacteristic rain right now. Uh, but I'm great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. So as the time of we're recording this, we're about a few days away from the combine in Indianapolis. So we're, you know, kind of previewing that a little bit and looking back on your career as a whole. So, you know, just to kick things off, when you look back at your your Fresno State career and all the incredible things that you did capped off with, you know, the winning the title, the conference title this year, what are you most proud of when you look back at it? Just the resilience of our team and everyone that, you know, continued to believe in each other when we were one and four and and just having the, I would say, the ability to come back from that and to stay positive and to trust one another and, you know, to keep the faith in our coaching staff was something that I really appreciated from, you know, the group we had. And, you know, I think that, you know, when you walk into the locker room and things aren't going the way they were planned or, you know, originally supposed to after, you know, me and Evan went down, I think every guy in that locker room just kind of looked at each other each week and, and I didn't see that point of doubt or that point of no return i feel like in you know difficult seasons some teams take that dive and i never felt that dive i felt each week guys were continuing to try to push each other and you know when me and evan got back i felt that we had a, a new level of energy come back in the locker room and after that we were just able to rattle off seven straight so you can ignore that i'm a ucla fan right Oh, are you? That's yeah. awesome. I, you, I didn't you can ignore that. that, though, right? That's, yeah, I'll ignore it. Because you, you kind of really hurt me when you went into the Rose Bowl and absolutely carved us up, but you did it in such an impressive way. And that was probably the first game that truly put you on the, on the map as like a whole to all of college football fans across the country. Seeing this, I, the word that comes up, warrior. You were a warrior out there taking shots left and right, barely even able to get up and like you needed so much help to get to, to the line of scrimmage for the next play and it didn't matter you carved them up you crushed it impressive stuff just talk to me about that night in the rose bowl the events that transpired the legend of jay Kaner was born tell me more about it man it was yeah man that night i felt like was definitely the the beginning of you know i feel like our resurgence back to the national stage a little bit. I feel like people really started to notice what we were kind of doing over in Fresno after that night. And it just felt good going in there and beating them after they beat LSU, just because I felt like they were feeling good about themselves and had a bye week. And we had just lost a tough one against number 11, Oregon up in Eugene. And, you know, for me, that was always my dream to go play in the Rose bowl. I wanted to always play in the Rose bowl game. I never got to do that, but this was the next best thing going to play a ranked UCLA team in the Rose Bowl just after they beat, you know, an SEC team. So, you know, backs were up against the wall and we went in there and had a great mindset. And I just wanted to to live in the moment that night. And I feel like that night was really the first opportunity I had to kind of just 
be myself and live within, you know, each play and not try to do too much and not try to think ahead of time and not try to, you know, be the hero, you know, in the first and third and fourth quarter until we, you know, until we obviously had to, but I just felt like I took what was there processed and just everything seemed so calm. It just seemed so just felt perfect, man. Everything was happening how it was supposed to. And, you know, when, when things are hard, I feel like that's when we put together some of our best football in those years. And that night was great. I'll never forget it. It felt like the perfect script. It really did. Honestly, it just, you go down and I honestly felt like it threw the game winning touchdown the first time. And I was like, we're up and our defense was doing a really good job. And, you know, I just didn't think that they were going to go down there and score a touchdown. And obviously they left us with just a little bit too much time. And, you know, we had to go orchestrate a last, you know, two minute drive and, and go win the game. So like I talked about you being a warrior and the toughness that you have, can you just dive into that a bit and like talk about your grit and your toughness and how you're able to just perform at such a high level after like, it looks like you're in agonizing pain at times and it doesn't even matter. You're still playing 110% like incredible football. Yeah. I mean, I love playing football. Uh, it's a game that always challenged me to be better and become a better version of myself. And I just love being a leader at the end of the day. And when you're trying to be a leader, trying to play with passion, it doesn't matter how you feel. No one really cares at the end of the day, how you feel. You got to go perform and you got to go, you know, put your best foot forward out there because that's what you get judged on is throwing the ball accurately, making great decisions with the football and at the end of the day, getting wins. So it doesn't really matter how I feel. It doesn't matter, you know, what my body's going through. If I'm well enough to be out there, I'm going to be out there every single week. And I think, you know, over the last couple of years, I've shown that. Uh, so, you know, I'm just going to continue to do that at the next level. I get my opportunity. I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. And no matter how I'm feeling, I'm going to be out there. Yes, sir. Case in point, I mean, this, uh, you know, just to bring this up, can we see this okay? I've got the the screen shared up here. Yeah, yeah man. Perfect. So, yeah, I mean, talk about your, you know, you're going through it with your body and your mind. Just let's break this down. I'll, I'll play it through and just tell me what your mindset is, what your body's feeling and what you're seeing on the field. So, obviously, we're getting down here. We got, you know, second, third and fourth down. We got three plays left in the game, probably. Maybe four if you get a first down and. You take a timeout, but there's 18 seconds left. You got to try to get the ball into the end zone, and that's my thought process. And for us, they were playing some kind of cover two, different variations of it uh, throughout the game. And this was one of their pressures that they had been getting to throughout the course of the game. And we ran a switch vert concept at the top of the bottom. And you see, you see the flat defender try to carry number one vertical, allowing number two to get outside. And when I saw the flat defender, number seven, I believe, carry one vertical for a second too long, I decided just to put it back shoulder on Cropper. That gave me just enough time to locate the football, allow him to put it on the front pylon, secure the ball away from number seven, and score a touchdown. So it all happened really fast. Uh, right when I saw him get into that pressure in that situation, I was a little surprised. Uh, I thought they were going to play softer and make me make a throw in tight coverage. Uh, but they brought some heat and uh, they had some guys drop into zones that, you know, ne didn't necessarily help them in that situation. So 
it helped me get the ball out of my hand fast and make a, a quick decision and it worked out I mean, just right here, this is just right here is like this picture I saw all over Twitter that night. I saw this replay, you know, obviously the throw, the quick decision was crazy impressive, but just like, it felt like everything sank in for you in this moment right here. Like what was going through your mind once you like, Hey, now we, it feels like we got the touchdown. You talked about how it felt like you had it on the drive before. And then they gave you some time, like what's going through your mind right here. I just remember after throwing the first touchdown, my coach was like, get ready to go do it again. I got on the phone and he was like, just get ready to go do it again. And that was literally the only thing he said. He didn't say good job. He didn't say this or that. He said, get ready to go do it again. Go get your helmet and get ready to go make it happen again. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? He's like, hey, <laughs> go, get, go get ready to do it again. I was like, all right, shoot. And I felt like that just kind of kept me in it. But at the same time, obviously, you don't you don't want to see that happen because, you, you know, you want the game to be over and you want to get the win there. But just in that moment, after everything kind of happened, I really just, you just kind of black out in those situations. You don't really remember a time. I just was exhausted and put my body on the line that night and tried to do everything I could to get our, our team a win. And I think that was just the emotion. I play with emotion and sometimes, you know, I express myself in certain ways. And, and that was one of the situations where I just, it was just, exhausted and spent at that at that moment I really couldn't believe what happened myself so that game is probably one of the biggest games that I've ever played in and we had another crazy game against San Diego State this year too so crazy things just seem to happen like that man and when you put in the put in the time put in the work and the preparation I just feel like you know some of those things happen for you well, a really awesome thing happened for you in mobile uh, very recently. Won MVP at the Senior Bowl. Just talk talk to us about that experience and what was uh, what did it mean to you to win that award there? Yeah, no, I think just going out and trying to put a solid week together was was my main objective. And you know, at the beginning of the week, it wasn't go win Senior Bowl MVP. It was just compete at a really high level and do everything that you that you do. And you know, I felt like I threw the ball accurately. I didn't turn the ball over at all during the week. Uh, my completion percentage was high and, you know, I felt like I just did a good job of operating a new offense and commanding and, you know, having some of the new guys that I had never been in a huddle with respond to me. And, you know, I felt like I showed that, felt like I showed what I could do, you know, outside of the pocket off you know platform at times and, you know, playing with a new group of guys, it's always going to be challenging. So I just thought I went out there, threw it accurately. And, you know, by the end of the week, wanted to go put a solid game together and, just get the win. And I told him that after the game during our interview, I just wanted to get a win. And it was great being able to get that recognition after the game. You know, speaking of that interview, how aware were you of the Reese's mascot standing right behind you? I had no idea. No I saw way. it after. I saw it after. That was pretty funny. Uh, what? Yeah, no, the whole, that, that whole thing. I remember Jim just coming up to me too. It's kind of a blur just because, those things and and those dreams as a kid seem so far away. Um, and then you accomplish it. And, and it's just so crazy to, to be able to capture those goals and, and those dreams and just go and live it, man. So I've been, I've been really fortunate to be able to have pre-draft process start off this way. And, you know, I'm just going to continue to do everything I can to, to make it you know, continue to roll smoothly. You still have the the trophy. Do you have like have you gone through all the Reese's yet? I, I was kind of tossing them out afterwards. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, but I, I had uh, the people over there send it back to my house where I'm from. So sitting over there at the house, and we'll hold on to that for a little while.
Absolutely. And you've got this, you know, you got a couple months before the draft here. Um, it still feels like even though everything you've accomplished at Fresno State and everything that you accomplished down, down there and at the Senior Bowl, it still feels like people are sleeping on you when you look at mock drafts and quarterback rankings. And I'm, I'm sure you probably don't look into that. But why do you think that people are sleeping on you in the draft and why shouldn't they? Uh, you know, one thing that I've learned throughout this process that people in the media obviously don't pay much attention to is views and things that people talk about in the media probably isn't the, the, I would say views and ideas that NFL GMs and NFL head coaches have. I would say it's probably a little different in their eyes. So I don't think you can look too much into what the media says and then what other people in, you know, important positions have uh, in NFL rooms and NFL organizations. So I try to stay as far away from that as possible. I think I've just done, you know, everything that I can. I think my tape speaks for itself. Uh, you know, especially what I went through this last year, um, you know, with the fractured ankle and everything. I'm not sure how many guys would go out and put their body on the line like that, like I did, and play at the level that we did. So uh, some of those things are out of my control. I'll get knocked for my height. I'll get knocked for my size. But I think I've put a good amount of size on about 208 pounds right now. I'll probably be around that at the combine as well. And I'll be over, you know, at or over six feet tall. So, you know. Those two things were question marks. If I was going to be over six foot, if I was going to be over 205 pounds, I've done what I can. You know, I felt like my tape, like I said, has, has spoken for itself. And I'll just go out and put another great combine performance up and just continue to prove them wrong. That's what I've done my whole career. And I got to go out and prove it every day. So I have no problem doing it. Without a doubt. Now, while you were kicking in Mobile, I was I was in Vegas at the Shrine Bowl. I didn't get to talk to Jordan Mins, but I talked to Jalen Cropper and Nico Remigio a good bit. Got some really good insight from them about you and them on each other and playing styles and everything. It's your time now, man. You've got to talk to me about Jalen. You've got to talk to me about Nico. Talk them up because they're also going through this pre-trap process and they don't have as much attention as you do. And these are yeah. two guys that are going to impact in the NFL without a doubt. Yeah, no, I think they're both really great players. They bring both, both of them bring really mature, positive work ethics. And I think they're both super explosive dudes as well. And people, you know, obviously coming from Fresno State, I think some people at times look at the helmet and, and say, oh, they're playing at Fresno State, you know, competition's less. I get, I get all that. Uh, I really do. So I think it's, you know, for us, just going out and proving it, man. I think some of those guys that, you know, see, make it from some of the group of five schools. They just put their head down and they go and prove it. And if you're a competitor, you have no problem doing that. And I know those two are both really good competitors and they'll have no problem putting their head down and showing it every single day. And I just think all three of us need an opportunity somewhere. And wherever we land is where we land. Hopefully great opportunities, great situations. And I think they're going to make the most of it. I think Jalen's explosive. He can change direction. Uh, and, and stick his foot down and, and plan on a dime like no one I've ever seen before. And Nico after the catch is just one of a kind, explosive in space, really strong hands, and they just both bring different skill sets. So, you know, I'm excited to see what they can do. I think it was Jalen who brought up and said us three would talk about all being on the same NFL team and what that like would be like in that dream come true. If that happens, man, I don't know. Speechless. I'll be speechless. That'll be so yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool to be able to to witness that and see that. And it's just two guys I've spent a lot of time with. I lived with Nico and, and obviously played with him for a year, and then I spent the last three seasons with Crop. So 
close with the both of them and just having the opportunity to compete against one another or play together, I think would be great, be awesome. And, uh, you know, it's crazy just living the dream, going through it one day at a time and, and being able to, you know, realize your childhood dreams. Yeah. And speaking of realizing your childhood dreams, that moment when you get drafted is going to be crazy. But it's also going to be crazy when you get that first check and you've got to buy something for your family. What's the first thing you're buying for them? Oh, boy. I think the one thing that I, I would really just want to do, my parents, I've been fortunate. They're both great people. They both worked really hard, uh, you know, to to support my brother and I. And I think the one thing that, you know, for them, they don't want me to buy them a house or do anything like that. But I think sending them on a great vacation would be something that they'd really appreciate for a week. Uh, you know, somewhere else, USA, other than the U.S., taking them, you know, for a week, 10 days and letting them enjoy themselves. So I'd have no problem paying for them and letting them go do that. I love that. That's awesome. Um, but before we can get to the draft, obviously, you got the combine ahead of you next week. So what are two goals in mind that you have going into the combine in terms of times, numbers, anything that you want to show off? Yeah, I think, you know, the main thing for me is just going to play and catch and showing people. I, I, you know, here now and again, people still doubt my arm and I'll just go show them again that, you know, I can go throw and, and, and stack up with some of the top guys there and have no problem doing that. So I'll go show off my arm and, and throw the ball around and, you know, play catch and do what I do uh, and, and throwing portion. But as far as running and doing all that, just putting together some solid times and, and just being who I am. I, I think in the formal interviews, I'll allow myself to, you know, portray who I am as a person what my personality is like and just show them how I know ball. And I think that's going to be one of the important things as well. And just the big thing throughout this process is being yourself, not trying to, you know, stray away from that and just show them who you are and, and what you're about and let them get an opinion on you based off of that. What is the weirdest question that a team executive coach general manager has asked you in the pre-draft process so far? <sighs> Nothing crazy. Uh, not yet, at least. Um, it's still super early and I kind of, you know, went through the senior bowl and, and had my fair share of interviews and, you know, obviously they want to know about the transfer portal and what was going on with that and, and what led me to, to make some of those decisions. So I walked through that and, and let them know why I made the decisions I did and just be as honest as possible at the end of the day. That's all you can do. And those questions are coming though, because you and some of the other prospects I've spoken with, I've said it's not too weird yet. Not the combines when it's going to get weird. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm sure it's coming. So we'll see for sure, man. How about the biggest uh, mentor in your life thus far? Biggest mentor? I mean, obviously, a lot of people say their their mother, their father, and my dad's been great. My mom's been great, but you know, I would say probably Ryan Grubb up at Washington and, and Coach Tedford. Those two guys. Coach Moore has also had a big impact on me this last year, going through the ups and the downs that we had to. Uh, but Coach Grubb, I felt like, really helped me understand quarterback play and leadership on a different level. Really just kind of put it into perspective for me and how to build different relationships and how to establish a solid foundation for your work ethic and how to prepare. And I just felt like my game from 2020 to 2022 has taken leaps and bounds uh, as far as processor, decision maker, all those things, all those intangible traits because of him. And I still have great communication with him and, and and talk to him all the time. So he's been a big foundation for me, big role model for me as I continue to sharpen my game. 
Now, what is super important to me is asking every single player on how they plan on giving back to the community and helping out those in need. So it's your time to answer, man. Yeah, no, I think one of the big things for me is when I've played and I've gone up to the ramp after games and I see those kids uh, looking up to me as a role model, that really touches my heart. And it's something that I remember when I was doing at that age. Uh, I play this game, obviously, because I love it. I have a passion for it because it was something I always wanted to do. But those kids, man, I play because they look up to me and they're inspired by what I do and how I do it. And I want to be one of those guys that at the end of the day did a really good job of, you know, being a role model for them and showing them how to do things the right way, how to be positive, how to prepare, how to work really hard. And, uh, you know, there was a couple of things in Mobile that we went and did and seeing some of those kids that are sick in hospitals crushes me. And I think it's something that I want to continue to show my appreciation for them and to not stop fighting and, and pushing uh, to get better. And so when there are some opportunities down the road for kids that are sick and kids that need, you know, someone positive in their life, someone that is doing something that they think is really, really cool, really special. I want to make their days better. I want to go and tell them that I appreciate them. And, and I think, that could be something that I impact and that could be something that I take pride in and I'll continue to do as I get older. Absolutely. I love that. Um, well, Jake, we got a couple uh, questions in from Twitter, um, you know, from, from some fans that want to know some stuff about you. So we talked a little bit about the UCLA game. Uh, we have Dan Keegan who asked, did Jake know he was a college football cult sensation last season from his late night heroics? <laughs> Oh boy. Um, after the <laughs> UCLA game, I had kind of, uh, I would say that was really the first year that I had played on national television. And after that game, I think it was our third or fourth game. It was uh, a big jump from little Fresno state quarterback to after the UCLA game, it felt a lot different. So I kind of had to figure out mentally how that was going to, you know, make me a better player and how to push that to the side and really focus on what I needed to focus on. So I tried to, you know, kick that to the, to the curb and not pay attention to it, but I appreciated everyone that was, you know, watching the Bulldogs late and, and having support for our guys. So. All right. How Nathan Lara is asking how it felt to put Boise state to sleep. Oh, let's go. I loved it. Uh, having that revenge game after the beat down that they gave us in Fresno going up there when it really mattered and coming back uh, and, and having that opportunity was great. I remember sitting on the blue turf the first time I was injured, not being able to do it, not being able to go and talking to some of those guys and just saying, we'll be back. So I, it felt great being able to have that opportunity, go up there and, and give it to those guys on the blue as a Fresno state bulldog, man, it doesn't get much better than that. From sidelines, Fresno State said you have a good relationship with Mikey Keene, who transferred to Florida State, uh, Fresno State, not Florida State. What are we doing here? <laughs> what do you expect from Keene this season? And what do you think the Red Wave will love about him the most? I would say the one thing is, yes, I've talked to Mikey a few times and I think he's great. Um, but I wouldn't go and just say that Mikey Keene's going to be the starter right now. I think that there's a bunch of guys that are capable of you know competing at a high level there. I think Logan, Josh. 
um, you know, Jalen, Mikey will all have to battle for it. And that's the great thing about Coach Tedford. He's going to play the best guy. And it might be Mikey. It might be Logan. I don't know who it's going to be. It might be Josh or Jalen. I really don't know. But uh, whoever it is, I think you guys should have confidence in because that's the guy who truly won it in camp. And that's the guy that the coaching, coaching staff and team believes in the most. So I'm excited to see who wins it. And we know the offense is going to be electric, no matter who's at the helm. It's just how it's just how it goes down at Fresno State. Our guy Doug, I only say facts. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No, I don't like it on pizza. I've never had it on pizza, really. I've had it a couple times. I shouldn't say it doesn't belong. You like it, you like it. But I was never a pineapple on pizza guy. I was more of a pepperoni, sausage, mushroom kind of guy. I can vibe with that. Absolutely. Um, and the last question is from our guy, Andrew, at Latino Chill. Um, I, I, We laughed about this before we jumped on, and I'm, I'm really curious to know what your thought is. Is he him? That's the whole question. Is he him? <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. Are you him? Uh, you know what, man? I think the one thing that each player needs to have in the NFL is confidence. I don't want to go and just say that I'm him. Um but I want to say that I play with confidence and I play with, you know, an edge just because I feel like if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things I can tell you guys is also in life. If you don't believe in yourself and have confidence in yourself to do your job the right way. No one else is going to believe in you. And I think you guys know that as well. So I've always had confidence in myself as a player, as a passer, as a leader. And I think that's what you got to do if you want to go into an organization and, and take over and be the face of a franchise. Applause for Jake Hayner, everybody. That was a fantastic answer right there. The legend himself, Jake Hayner. Thank you so much for joining us, man. We wish you the best of luck at the Combine and the draft process. We cannot wait to see where you end up in April's draft. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you.